This is the Why Didn't I Know podcast, Episode 7, Jesus' Banned Teachings About Sex. We're living in a time of censorship. But censorship started a long time ago, and I think one of the biggest crimes in terms of information being censored is Jesus's teachings being censored. I believe we haven't been told the whole story about how sex was viewed and taught by Jesus when he was actually alive on earth. I believe that if we reclaimed the secret, suppressed teachings about sacred sexuality, that it would be a game changer. That people would learn that they had direct access to a mystical, direct experience of God, not by denying their body, not by denying their desire to be with another person, but through that, through an elevated understanding of it, And I believe that Jesus taught how to have that elevated understanding in a book called The Gospel of Philip. That gospel, which dates back to the second century, was lost for 1600 years, but it was found in 1945 by a farmer accidentally in Egypt near the city of Nag Hammadi. Now, if you Google the Gospel of Philip, it's going to tell you that this is a Gnostic Gospel. And it's going to tell you that it has nothing to do with sacred sexuality. I'm going to follow what Megan Watterson, a Harvard-trained theologian, has stated about this whole idea that there was Gnostic Christianity, and then there was regular Christianity. She refutes that idea. She says that actually there was one Christianity. And the one thing about these texts that were found after being buried for 1,600 years is they spoke of a very different way of having a spiritual connection than is talked about in the regular Bible. They talked about a direct experience, a mystical experience with God. I believe that the Gospel of Philip represents lost teachings from Jesus about sacred sexuality. You're not going to find that view out there on the internet at all. You're going to find experts that say that the language in this text that talks about marriage, that talks about the bridal chamber and Mary being kissed by Jesus, Mary Magdalene, is not referring to sexuality. It's referring to God's relationship with humanity. And that's what most experts will say. But I don't believe that. And I'm not alone. I'm going to share with you on this podcast two brave scholars who have been willing to go against the grain and state that they also believe this lost text is representing 
Jesus's teachings about sacred sexuality, that it's a path to union with the divine. One of those experts is a French theologian. He translated a copy of the Gospel of Philip from the original language into English, and he wrote a commentary in front of his translation. And the other expert, the other scholar, is a woman who wrote a thesis about this and other Nagamati texts when she was at Cambridge University in England. I'm going to share their perspective, these two outliers who were willing to go against the grain and disagree with all the other experts and actually state that this is about sexuality. And the person in Cambridge University has what I believe uncovered the most compelling evidence that blows everyone else out of the water who has stated that this isn't about sexuality. So join me on today's episode and we'll dig deeper into this subject about whether Jesus actually had secret teachings about sacred sexuality. So one thing to know is that the reason why this book was lost for 1600 years is that in the fourth century, church leaders decided that they were going to make this book and many others banned. They weren't going to let people actually follow Jesus's teachings if it pertained to having a direct experience of God, or possibly in this book, if it meant that they were actually going to do sexual ritual to get close to God. So it was voted out by the Council of Nicaea in 325 AD. The books were deemed heretical, and some thoughtful people actually buried this book in a clay vase, and then it was discovered in 1945 by some farmers in Egypt. Also, another reason why there can be so much debate about what this particular text that we're talking about today is all about is that it's not written in a very straightforward manner. It's written in a way that you almost have to decode it. It's written in more of flowery poetic language than straight up direct language that you can just analyze. So let's talk about the first scholar who is willing to disagree with all of the others all of the other experts that say this has nothing to do about sex. The first scholar is a French theologian who translated the Gospel of Philip from Coptic into English, and then he added a commentary. In his commentary, he references mystical teachings in the Jewish tradition and how they actually talk about sex as a path of divine. And Jesus wasn't a Christian because Christianity didn't exist when he was walking around on earth. So there's some possibility that he was actually referencing these ancient Jewish ideas. But he only goes so far. He only goes so far as to say that it's all about the purpose of 
having a conscious conception. So conceiving a child in a very conscious way that you have sacred sexuality for the purpose of reproduction, but in a very elevated conscious way. That's as far as he's willing to go with the whole thing. And I understand that that is a traditional view of sex is sex is about reproduction, not about sexual pleasure, getting us to a higher state of consciousness. So Jean-Yves Loup verified to me that, yes, this was about sacred sexuality, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel that it was just about reproduction. I believe he has chosen a celibate path for himself. So his conception about the purpose of sexuality being all about reproduction and conceiving a child, I understand that. I, I mean, he's gone a lot further than most scholars in terms of saying, yes, this coded information in this gospel is actually about sex. He's he's at least said that it's not about God's relationship with the church. He's at least gone that far. The other expert who was willing to disagree with all of her peers in the scholarly community and state that she does believe, and she's got good reason to say so, that this is evidence, this book that was found after 1600 years, does provide evidence that Jesus did teach sex as a path to the divine. The scholar's name is Mary Sharp, and she wrote a thesis at Cambridge University. And I had the pleasure of speaking with her. I reached out to her after I read this because I was so fascinated by what she had put together, what her research was about. And she she conclusively states that she does believe that sexual teachings were part of early Christianity. I read her whole dissertation and I had to reach out to her because for some reason it still wasn't clear to me, how did you definitively know this? And that is the key way that we know what this book is about is also the key way that we know some of the other texts that were found in 1945 are about, such as the Gospel of Thomas Mary Magdalene and different books. And that is by looking at the critique of these sacred texts by the Orthodox Church during the same period of time. The Church Fathers who lived around the same time as these particular texts were being put together and being shared openly, they came out in absolute critique of these texts, these different, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of uh, Philip, and so forth. And they declared how wrong these books were because they didn't agree with these teachings. And one of these people was a Orthodox bishop in Lyon, France. His name is Irenaeus, and he lived in the second century the same time that the Gospel of Philip was written. And he wrote a number of volumes called Against Heresies. 
and the focus of this against heresies, which you can still, you can even go on Amazon.com today and look up against heresies and get this writing from the second century uh, church father. And he's speaking against the teachings that were going into these particular sacred texts. And he is calling out the sexual nature of these teachings. He's saying, he's basically explicitly sharing how sexual ritual is absolutely part of these Christian practices. So this is what I found out when I read this uh, thesis by Mary Sharp, that there was actually these writings from the second century that were providing us with the indication that, yes, early Christians did have sexual ritual that gave them this sense of being united with the divine. So thanks for joining me today, and in the next episode, we'll go further into this lost teaching from Jesus, and I'll give you what I believe is an understanding of how we can interpret this as a roadmap for us to see sex as a path to the mystical experience. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next time. Please rate and review this podcast so more people can find out about it. And thanks again for joining today. Mm